Welcome, welcome, good morning, <laughs> and welcome to your DIY Health Radio here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Thursday, February 6th, 2020, and uh, last week we missed the show. I uh, had some issues with Skype that, uh, I'll tell you what, if Bill Gates was standing in front of me right now, I would give him a case of slap therapy that would knock him into next week. They have just destroyed a fantastically working program. Take a silk purse and turn it into a sow's ear. But uh, last week, Skype was giving me all kinds of fits, and I could not get uh, connected to the studio. So we had to run a replay, and for that, I apologize. But it was something that was totally outside of my control. But uh, we almost thought it was going to be the same thing this morning. I came up here and sat down in the chair and uh, tried to bring up Skype, and it started acting the same way, and I thought, oh, good grief. Luckily, I got here a few minutes early <laughs> because of what happened last week, and I was able to get things straightened out in time to go on the air live. So we are live Thursday, February 6, 2020, and this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I'm not a doctor, and that's a good thing. My opinion, the doctors most people go to see when they have a health issue, MDs, are wrapped around the axle of their training. Unfortunately, their training is in drugs and surgery, and it doesn't equip them to treat the over 900 chronic health issues that are proven to be a result of a nutritional deficiency. I'm simply someone who's been studying under the tutelage of one of, if not the top nutritional authorities in the world, Dr. Joel Wallach. Now, I don't treat diseases. I don't even treat people. I simply advise people how to give their bodies the raw materials they need to support and maintain good health, and when the body has what it needs, it'll fix itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials. When you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Now you can visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, H-E-A-L-T-H, health, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of stuff there. All the product lines we talk about, the Longevity Nutritional Supplements, the CTFO CBD oils, the uh, uh, Cerule Stem Enhanced Ultra, the uh, Pulsed Electromagnetic Therapy Unit that we talk about under the Trinity of Health tab and the circulation section, and uh, the uh, one of the newest ones here, the uh, LifeWave X39 patch, which activates your stem cells through light therapy. It is really cool, and it works. <laughs> it's amazing technology. And you can uh, find the links to all the websites, the information there. Uh, I encourage you to check all that stuff out. All those things work really, really well by themselves, but they also work really, really well together. And uh, lastly, the most recent addition to the website is the coffee that I drink. Now, Longevity does have a complete line of coffees, and they are very good. But um, I And I do use those from time to time. But for my regular day-to-day -day coffee, I use Gano Excel. 
and uh, there's a link at the bottom of the homepage that uh, talks about that. And there's a video you can watch that really gives the uh, a really good inf- idea about what um, this stuff is and why it's so good. It's fantastic coffee. Uh, it's about 50 cents a cup and uh, better. <coughs> oh, sorry about that. Didn't have my hand on the uh, cough button. Uh, second one I caught, the first one I didn't. I apologize. But um, the uh, quality of this stuff is far better than any of the you know, fancy brands out there and uh, not doesn't have all the political crap attached to it. Uh, it's strictly about coffee. And, um, you know, for those of you that are in the patriot movement out there, that if you're still drinking Starbucks, what the heck are you thinking? Uh, do a little research into Starbucks and their political uh, leanings and be prepared to make a change is all I can say. If you have any belief in uh, supporting people that uh, believe the way you do and not supporting people that don't, because Starbucks is the antithesis of patriotism and everything that this country was founded on. But anyway, that being said, uh, check out the links on the website. I encourage you to take a look at all that stuff. A lot of things going on right now. But before, let me finish my spiel here. <laughs> Keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the people's pay- or the Truth Frequency Radio Network or its owners or sponsors or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say on the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own due diligence and your own research so you can make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Now, the number to call into the show is 833-TFR-LIVE, 833-837-5483. Again, 833-837-5483. Now, I'm just going to clean up some things here on my screen. Give them a little bit more room. <laughs> I'll tell you what, get 27 inch screen, and I still run out of real estate here trying to keep things going. And I want to welcome everybody to the chat room Alan and Nightshade, or yeah, Nightshade, cool. Sophia the bot. <laughs> um, we're here and glad you guys are there and glad I made it on too, Alan. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was nip and tuck for a while there, just wasn't sure what was going to happen. Now, that's the beautiful thing about Skype. You know, it can work great for you one day, and the very next day, it's just totally different. And uh, you never know for one day to the next what's going to happen. So, uh, hence the reason I got up here a little early today, just to make sure so that I could uh, handle anything that might come in and cause issues. But there's lots and lots of stuff in the news, especially with the coronavirus. And uh, I have... uh, not had a chance to put anything on the Facebook page yet today. Uh, been kind of running around. Thursday mornings are kind of hectic. Uh, so I got up and was out feeding the horses and taking care of them. And one of my uh, my little filly, <laughs> a 22-year-old filly, uh, she's never been bred. But uh, she's been having some well, issues. Uh-oh. There's a voice. What was that? <laughs> hmm. Anyway, um had a, uh, she's been having some issues with her left rear uh, hoof, getting an infection or some kind of thing in there. And I've been using the uh, Stem Enhance Ultra, which has been keeping it down. Uh, I stopped doing it the other, you know, early this week. 
And I just noticed yesterday that she was starting limp again. So I started putting more in her chow again this morning. And hopefully it'll help clear things up because it's a royal pain. We have to soak her foot every day for about 45 minutes and bandage it up and do all kinds of weird junk, uh, which my wife gets stuck doing because it's her baby. But uh, anyway, it's uh, just a sad thing when, when you have an animal that's you know having issues and Normally our animals are pretty healthy, but for some reason she's got this thing in her foot that, you know, we're not sure what's causing it and why it's doing it. But thank goodness the stem enhance is helping to keep it uh, under control. And uh, the last time I used, you know, it's worked with everything I've had. She's uh, cut her leg one day and, you know, used this stuff on it. And uh, in no time at all, uh, the cut was healed. No problems, no infections, no nothing. Um, works you know, the stem enhance is phenomenal stuff. I've got a guy at my church whose dad is uh, going to be 90 soon. And he was literally circling, circling the drain, had all kinds of heart issues and problems. And his heart function was very, very low, somewhere down around the, you know, in the teens, you know, just uh, not good at all. And uh, has a pacemaker and he's had all kinds of problems. Well, I told my friend about the stem enhance and he got him on it. He's taken three caps or two caps three times a day. And in the last couple of months, he has improved to the point his heart function is now up to 50%, which for somebody that's 89 years old, that's in the high range of, you know, the best people at that age. So his uh, heart function is way back up. His blood pressure is good. He looks a whole lot better. His color is good. Uh, feels much better. He says, you know, I think it's those pills you gave me. <laughs> he said, well, you haven't done anything else different, so that's probably the case. But um, Stem Enhance is phenomenal stuff, and I encourage you to check it out. They've got specials going on this month for uh, both product purchases and uh, enrollment. If you're interested in a home-based business opportunity, it's a really, really good one. Um, great pay scale, great products, and fantastic company that, you know, that's really the trifecta of a network marketing business. Uh, great products, and uh, they stand behind both the customers and the uh, distributors. So anyway, <clears throat> let's take a look at some of the things in the news here. China launches biological warfare agenda, covertly infiltrates Wuhan evacuation plane with Trojan horse carrier of the coronavirus to infect all passengers headed to Taiwan. Isn't that interesting? You know, China has always had a hard on for Taiwan. Uh, and uh, what better way to really mess them up than to send somebody over there to just make everybody sick? And this is an editorial note to all national security personnel reading this news from Taiwan, Japan, Korea, Canada, and USA, Russia, and other nations. You'll want to urgently forward this to your commanding officers as this story is verified and true, confirming through our Taiwan investigators. It in, uh, indicates a dangerous global escalation of warfare tactics by a lawless authoritarian regime that you already know has been dispatching spies to your countries, stealing intellectual property, and infiltrating your universities, governments, and military weapons research institutions. China's endgame goal is world domination. And there is no weapon they won't deploy to achieve it. Wow. And uh, let's see, and this is put out by Mike Adams from Natural News. On the heels of the bombshell revelation that China has been engineering an offensive biological warfare weapon that accidentally escaped their BSL-4 facilities and launch, which is only eight, four, eight miles from ground zero, supposedly, 
and launched a global pandemic, we are now getting confirmation from our investigators in Taiwan that China has deployed a biological warfare attack against Taiwan by seeding an evacuation, evacuation flight of Taiwan citizens with an infected Trojan horse human weapon who contaminated the entire evacuation flight. This is a damning escalation of tensions between communist China and Taiwan as the coronavirus pandemic explodes, nearly doubling the number of confirmed infections every three and a half days, i.e. exponential self-sustained pandemic outbreak. As part of an evacuation operation carried out by the government of Taiwan, the communist Chinese government refused to allow Taiwan to charter its own plane to rescue its citizens from the Wuhan region. China demanded that its own airplane be used, refusing to follow the Taiwanian, uh, Taiwan government's uh, request that old women, women and children, and, uh, or women with children and children should be pr uh, priority ev of evacuees allowed to take the flight. Instead, China placed three passengers on the flight who were not of, of Taiwan's list of citizens, and one of those individuals, completely unknown to Taiwan, turned out to be infected with coronavirus. China is now trying to spread the coronavirus across Taiwan. The covert operation appears to be a biological warfare attack on Taiwan by the communist Chinese regime, which deliberately intended to infect the entire flight with coronavirus so that infected passengers would further spread the pandemic in Taiwan. Such actions, of course, violate international laws, the Geneva Convention, and various international treaties that outlaw the deployment of biological weapons. You know, that's the thing I've been thinking about. You know, biological weapons are outlawed, but every country seems to be researching them anyway. Isn't that special? Translated from Chinese via LibertyTimes.net, <laughs> when senior media person uh, Kai Yuzhen accepted an interview with Faith Today. He criticized the Chinese side for a series of actions that were uh, black box operations. There was no protective measures for the entire charter plane, and no one knew who was infected. It was not until the passengers returned to Taiwan for, exa Taiwan for examination that one person was confirmed uh, to be infected. This charter flight took two hours. The virus is inserted into the uh, charter flight the rest of the passengers become a high-risk group. What can you say to them? It's a helpless situation. How can we use the original method to evacuate the rest of the people? The worst part is how uh, can a confirmed case get on the flight? Once it's on the flight, it's treated the same as the rest of the people. There are no there's no quarantine. You can still uh, can you still tr trust this kind of China? <laughs> the Minister of Health uh, Fu Chen. Uh, Xi Zhong, who did his best to prevent epidemics, uh, was sentimental and wept because a confirmed case was like a black hole in epidemic prevention on an unprotected charter plane. It caused him to shed tears uh, for the safety of the people of Taiwan. And here's the original Chinese article for those who can, are able to read it. And I am not one of them. <laughs> It's three paragraphs of all those little neat little symbols. Anyway, China knows its political power will be crippled by the coronavirus pandemic. It now appears China is attempting to export its pandemic to Taiwan by swapping seeds or seeding evacu by swapping seeding evacuation charter flights with human weapons who are known to be infected with the coronavirus. 
given that China already realizes its economical and political future is now uncertain in the face of the exploding pandemic that has likely killed at least 25,000 Chinese, the deceptive communist regime appears to be attempting uh, to cause maximum damage to Taiwan as a form of lashing out against its political enemies as its, a, as its own destruction or domestic situation turns to chaos. The NCOV strain of the coronavirus was genetically engineered by Chinese scientists to create the perfect biological warfare weapon, which would one day be deployed against the United States, stunning new investigations have revealed. This underscores China's philosophy of achieving the extermination of its political enemies using horrifying weapons of death and destruction. This is why China's sudden biological warfare Trojan horse attack on Taiwan should come as a surprise to no one. Yowzer. Uh, Taiwan's infectious disease officials brought to tears over China's warfare or biowarfare attack. Taiwan is working feverishly to protect its citizens from the malicious uh, criminal actions of the mainland China regime. But given that China is willing to deploy uh, pandemic sleeper cells on on Taiwan evacuation flights, the Taiwan government is now facing an enormous burden to screen, quarantine, and treat patients who may be in various stages of the coronavirus incubation. Well, you know, when you figure most countries are quarantining anybody who comes from China for two weeks, you know, it would seem to me that that would be the thing to do with this flight and stop it before it gets any further. Anyway, for this effort, the the communist Chinese regime should be labeled a criminal regime that is committing crimes against humanity, yet the, uh, the compromised World Health Organization remains committed to China, even absurdly praising China for its transparency, of course. Every institution in America, from Hollywood to the tech giants, and even the U.S. Senate, seems to be running cover for China. Now, there's a few exceptions, but that's pretty true. One of the most inhumane, cruel, authoritarian regimes in the history of our world. China routinely kidnaps innocent citizens, uh, civilians, subjects them to rape and torture, murders uh, political enemies, runs education camps that imprison Muslims, and even runs organ harvesting factories that generate profits from the international black market of human organs. China also routinely bullies Taiwan and even threatens global corporations with retribution if they do not bow to to the demands of the communist regime. By any reasonable standard, China is truly one of the most dangerous, evil, and destructive regimes on our planet, and it it proves that designation yet again by illegally deploying a human human weapon biological warfare attack against Taiwan. Why is there no outcry from the United Nations or the World Health Organization? Where is the outcry from the scientific community? Nobody ever says anything bad about China, except Trump. (laughs) Where is the coverage in the mainstream media? It's nowhere to be found because all the corrupt criminal institutions of our world have already sold out to the communist Chinese regime. Yeah. Much of the controlled U.S. media now run by communists. CNN is now called the Communist News Network or the Clinton News Network or a whole bunch of other ones. Surely China's biological warfare attack on Taiwan should trigger a considered response from the United States But so far, no one is even acknowledging the incident has taken place, since it's not reported anywhere in the controlled U.S. media. 
President Trump is likely not even aware this has happened. The entire mainstream media is lying to you about the coronavirus pandemic and China in particular. But you already knew that, of course. Fascinatingly, media lies about the coronavirus seem to be spreading almost as fast as the virus itself. Yeah, pretty true. Anyway, that's in the um, on the Facebook page now. And we have a caller I'm going to go to just a second. Uh, hopefully. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the show. Sorry to keep you waiting. Commercial and crazy. Even though it's still beautiful. I don't know what that was, but <laughs> you never know what you get when the uh, thing lights up. But anyway, we'll go back. Some people are I don't know where they get that. Anyway, the number to call in, 833-TFR-LIVE, 833-837-5483. If you're a telemarketer or if you're listening to the news in the background or something like that, then don't bother calling in. (laughs) If you've got a question, then we'd love to hear from you or a comment. Anyway, doctors, journalists who try to save lives during the coronavirus pandemic are being arrested, threatened, and censored. Isn't that special? That's kind of the same way uh, Dr. Rima Labo uh, back during the last uh, big um, Ebola outbreak went to Western Africa. I can't remember which country it was, but uh, she had herself and a bunch of staff with her, and they were carrying uh, lots and lots of colloidal silver. And they were stopped at the border by the World Health Organization and the government's military, I think, or their internal health people, and would not allow them into the country. That should tell you quite a bit about what the World Health Organization and most um, countries' health groups are all about. You know, they were all about having Ebola spread as wide and as far as possible and kill as many people. And anyone who had any kind of a um, uh, anything with them that could help uh, get rid of the virus and save people's lives were not allowed in. And that's the thing. Uh, colloidal silver will kill Ebola, will take care of AIDS, and it will also, to the best of my knowledge, kill coronavirus. So if you don't have colloidal silver on hand or a colloidal silver generator, I uh, encourage you to obtain one. <laughs> um, yep. Yeah. Tells me the World Health Organization does give a you-know-what about humans. No. They're all part, you know, they're bought and paid for by the drug companies, and it's all about spreading disease, using disease as a one more method of uh, uh, population control. And, of course, Bill Gates has been on record for quite some time that saying that vaccines are the primary reason for them is population control. Well, if they supposedly work and save lives, then why on earth would we be using them for you know, uh, population control? Because they don't. <laughs> And the other thing is, is this virus is apparently mutating quite a bit as it spreads from person to person. So even if they supposedly come up with a a vaccine to fight against it, it probably, you know, you know, more than likely wouldn't work anyway. But even in this case, because of the rapid mutation, it definitely won't. So that's just one more thing about this virus. So you have to deal with it in natural ways. 
you know, staying away from the bad foods that cause your body to be screwed up, especially sugar, because it knocks your immune system down. Consume a high-protein diet. Give your body the 90 essential nutrients that's designed to support and maintain a healthy immune system. And then, of course, have things on hand like uh, colloidal silver. And for those of you who are familiar with um, Jim Humble and his work, uh, the MMS, Miracle Mineral Supplement, or uh, also known as chlorine dioxide, which is a um, potent uh, disinfectant that can be used internally in humans as well to kill everything under the sun. It's amazing stuff. Ah, Salamo's here. None of the owners gives a rest, you know what, about humans, nor do their inf- nor uh, do their infrastructure, their proxies, their agents, the institutions, and, you know, what a shocker. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. But, of course, there are so many of the generally dumb public out there that just can't imagine how any, you know, they, you know, whoever they is, they would never allow this to happen. They want to take care of us. They want to help us. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, my daddy used to say, wish in one hand and poop in the other and see which one fills up first. <laughs> yeah, when you're talking about the benevolence of government, yeah, you're crazy. Anyway, a Chinese doctor was reportedly targeted with a reprimand and issued a misdemeanor after he privately warned friends and family members to be cautious about novel coronavirus, which at the time of his warning was still largely a mystery disease. On December 30th, uh, Lee... Wen Lang uh, told his medical school alumni group via WeChat, a popular Chinese messaging app, that he had already witnessed seven patients at Wuhan Central Hospital, where he works, come down with a viral contagion similar to SARS, which is severe acute respiratory syndrome. Uh, He then told told them to to basically be careful. But Lee's message ended up going viral on the web and this uh, and his name attached to it, <laughs> which almost immediately prompted local health, health officials as well as local police to go after him for allegedly spreading rumors online. When I saw the uh, circulating online, Lee said that uh, these text messages he sent, I realized that it was out of my control and I would probably be punished. <laughs> And uh, that's it for the first segment of today's show. We'll be back in a few minutes and we'll continue this. So stick with us. We'll be right back. The more good guys can help you. Initiating the truth frequency. This is Truth Frequency Radio. They found a way to get it all back. They say, we'll legalize your drug deal, but you gotta give us lots of check. Well, wake up, you're being screwed. Pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude. They don't care if you live or you die. Long as they get that piece of pie. My, 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 don't care if you live or you die, long as I get that piece of pie. And welcome back to segment number two of uh, today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. Just checking out some of the stuff in the chat room. And uh, 
So we, when referring to pets being spayed or neutered, we refer to it as fixed. And that reminds me, I posted something on Facebook here a while back. It says, uh, please remember to spay or neuter your Democrats. <laughs> and I honestly believe that's a good idea. You know, <laughs> I saw another thing yesterday. I think it was at Chelsea Clinton in a talk she gave a while back was uh, lamenting the fact that her grandparents or great grandparents didn't have access to Planned Parenthood. And people think, you know, and she can't figure out why people think she's crazy. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good when the, when the great-grandchild uh, says, boy, I sure wish my great-grandparents would have access to Planned Parenthood. You know, I kind of wish they had too, Chelsea. But, you know, that water's already gone under the bridge. Anyway, back to the article we were looking at uh, about the people trying to warn folks about uh, coronavirus being uh, punished. <laughs> Lee was right as police quickly went after him for blowing the lid of what it what is now ballooned into a global pandemic situation with tens of thousands of sick people and hundreds of deaths, probably a whole lot more than that. And this is only the official numbers, which independent reports say are far too low. Ironically enough, Lee caught what we uh, now know as novel coronavirus himself from one of his infected patients. He spoke to the media via text message because of the sickness has left him unable to speak well due, uh, due to coughing and other breathing troubles. <laughs> yeah, one thing, you know, chances are they're not going to be able to punish him for very long. Anyway, I only wanted to remind my university classmates to be careful, Lee laments, revealing how he's been harassed and basically threatened for spilling the beans when the communist Chinese government obviously wanted to cover the whole thing up just like it did for SARS back in 2002 and 2003. Be sure to listen to this episode of the Health Ranger Report below as Mike Adams, the Health Ranger, discusses how he warned about this kind of pandemic eight years ago. Um, yeah, we'll see how long this is in a minute. Zero Hedge was also censored for speculating on the bioweapon origins of novel coronavirus. In the end, Lee was summoned to the uh, officials who run his hospital for, que uh, for questioning. He was also issued a misdemeanor citation by local police for spreading rumors online and severely disrupting social order. <laughs> the typical communist response to free speech that we're also seeing here in the U.S. In case you, you missed it, the popular independent news outlet Zero Hedge was recently banned from Twitter for reporting on a Chinese scientist by the name of Dr. Peng Zhao, Ph.D., who has ties to the BSL-4 laboratory where, in Wuhan where the experimental bioweapons are apparently being experimented with and tested in bat carriers. Similar censorship has also occurred <clears throat> against natural news, along with Infowars and many other independent news outlets that cover the that over the past several years, especially, have been warning about things that our own semi-communist government doesn't want people to hear or know. As for Lee, his warnings were correct. Novel coronavirus is spiraling out of control with no end in sight. And the communist Chinese government handling of the unfolding situation is, in many ways, exacerbating the problem because it is still centered around a tactic of remaining hush-hush until it's too late to do anything in response. At this point, the hospitals are the hot zones, wrote one Epic Times commenter about the unfolding situation. Forget the markets, buses, parks, and other typical public areas. A trip to the hospital right now is pretty much a death warrant. 
The latest uh, coronavirus news is available at pandemic.news as well as outbreak.news. Yeah, how to get banned from social media in three, two. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see here. So anyway, that's, uh, let me get this one here. We will put it in the chat room and send it over to the Facebook page as well. There we go. That's one. I'm actually posting on my personal and the show page and my Gab page. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, Gab.com is a really cool uh, alternative to Facebook, you might say. Um, it's G-A-B, Gab.com. And uh, I'm over there. I have a page set up for the show, and I post all the replays there every day. Um, so if you haven't checked it out, take a look at it. It's not bad. And it's you know pretty much like-minded people over there. But they don't censor anything, which is really kind of cool. You can post whatever you want, as far as I've seen. Entire cruise ship with thousands of passengers exposed to coronavirus. 20 confirmed new cases. Yeah, for starters. You know, when you're stuck on a cruise ship, look out. Yep, somebody just reposted it from Gab. Wow. (laughs) Doesn't take any time at all. Um, Yeah, there have been several cruise ships now that um, I heard one that had like 7,000 people on Another one was 6,000. And... uh, A large cruise ship that's currently docked and quarantined at Japan's Yokohama port has at least 20 confirmed cases of novel coronavirus aboard, along with thousands of other passengers who may also be infected with the pandemic disease. The original, just think, there's no way that the uh, minimal, you know, infirmary uh, staff and uh, facilities on that ship are going to be able to handle those people. So I wouldn't venture to say that a lot of them are going to be coming off in body bags. And that pretty much sucks. Anyway, along with thousands of other passengers who may also be infected with a pandemic disease, the original story linked uh, here first reported 10 cases, but 10 additional cases have now been confirmed, uh, bringing the total to 20. The Diamond Princess cruise ship reportedly set off with more than 3,000 passengers, only to have nearly a dozen of them end up testing positive with coronavirus just days later. The ship was brought back to port, but everyone on board is now being forced to stay there, except for the confirmed cases, which which were taken to a local hospital for treatment. As the cruise liner awaits uh, some kind of next step were all clear, health authorities in nearby Hong Kong have issued a public warning that coronavirus could spread wild, uh, widely uh, through Hong Kong as well, seeing as how the uh, territory directly abuts mainland China. With uh, three newly diagnosed cases of coronavirus in Hong, Hong Kong, bringing its total number up to 21, there are widespread concerns that the uh, area government needs to immediately close all ports of entry between Hong Kong and China to ensure public safety. As we reported, the major, hosp- uh, major hospital workers' union is issuing similar calls for the Hong Kong government to act swiftly. Otherwise, its members will refuse to work, bringing the local health care system to a grinding halt. It's highly probable that four were infected locally, so there could be invisible chains of infection happening within communities, stated uh, 
I'm not even going to try and mention or read this guy's name, head of the uh, Communicable Disease Branch at Hong Kong Center for Health Protection. We're not ruling out a large spread of the virus in the future. Let's see here. Uh, first coronavirus death in Hong Kong ignites even more unrest among striking hospital workers. The Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kong recently reported its first death from coronavirus around the same time that local hospital workers walked out in, by the thousands in protest of their government's inaction in response to the pandemic. And we've got another caller here, I think. So it may be the same one. Caller, are you there? Hello, caller. Okay. Last chance. Caller? Don't know what's going on. Anyway, I have to make a note of that number. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do. Reports indicate that local Hong Kong hospitals are having to massively cut back services as hospital workers are busy marching in the streets rather than caring for patients. While most of Hong Kong's land and sea crossings are now closed, there are two that remain open, which locals say is unacceptable considering the Chinese metropolis of uh, Guangzhou, I think it is, is located right across the border. There's also two more reported cases of coronavirus and people living in Hong Kong who didn't even travel to Wuhan, which indicates significant risk of community transmission, including a large-scale outbreak, according to officials monitoring the situation. Important services, critical operations have uh, been affected, including cancer treatment centers and newborn care facilities, lamented uh, Carrie Lam, the Hong, Kong, Hong Kong's leader, about how the uh, hospital workers' strike is negatively impacting the local community. Yeah, blame it on the hospital workers instead of the disease. <laughs> so I'm appealing to those who are taking part in this action. Let's put the interests of the patients and the entire public health system above all other things. But those striking have a different outlook on the situation as they don't want to be overloaded by coronavirus patients due to the government inaction on fully sealing Hong Kong's borders to prevent even more potentially infected individuals from entering and spreading the disease. Yeah, I can see that. Usually, when there are, is any bad news regarding cruise ships, the cruise industry starts pumping out commercials uh, galore about the fun in the sun <laughs> wrote one commenter about the epic uh, at the epic times about the cruise ship situation haven't seen that this time perhaps they don't want to cruise right now either for the uh, up to the minute news about coronavirus be sure to check out pandemic news and outbreak.news so yeah yeah and uh, by the way i can't remember if i mentioned it or not but uh, chlorine dioxide or mms is uh, what they use basically to, from what I understand, to uh, sanitize cruise ships. Uh, because when, a, when something breaks out on a cruise ship, oh boy, it's bad news. Just like you can see here. You know, the, the one cruise I ever took yeah. was in 2016. And uh, uh, it was amazing how they stressed sanitation and cleanliness. You know, during the regular dining hours, they would have uh, groups of people standing, uh, crew members standing at the entrance to all the restaurants with things of hand sanitizer so that you could, you know, clean your hands. And they had uh, the main areas, the walkways going into the restaurants. Um, many of them, the walls were lined with sinks where you could stop and wash your hands before you go in. It was interesting to see all that. 
And uh, it's because when something breaks out on a cruise ship, it's like a floating uh, quarantine unit. And uh, everybody's stuck there. Not to mention it's bad news for the cruise line, you know, because when word gets out that a ship was uh, had an outbreak on it, uh, even after everything is done, people are reluctant to cruise on that ship because they're afraid there may something be something lingering behind. So it's uh, some pretty wild stuff. But uh, I encourage you to, uh, I like cruises, they're pretty cool, but um, there's good sides and bad sides. Not to mention getting on and off the ship, it's a pain in the butt. Uh, let's see here. Just looking at some of the things in the chat room. Do, 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 do. Cruise ship is a floating prison. Yep, solitary confinement. People confined in their cabins for two weeks. But all good, right? All accepted as necessary by the populace, right? <laughs> no programming here. Move along. Uh, still, I've been listening to the information that seems to indicate that the virus is a bioweapon. Yeah, there was actually an article I posted yesterday. Um, let me see if I can find it. Uh, I know it should be on the Facebook page easier. Um, there is um, somebody you know, who, who is a specialist in bioweapons has said that uh, they believe it definitely is. But I know I posted it. But the way Facebook is, it wouldn't surprise me if they took it down. Uh, coronavirus is already mutating. It, it, uh, as it jumps from person to person, viral evolution may make vaccines pointless. Um, World Health Organization demands all nations drop travel restrictions and allow infected Chinese to enter every country. <laughs> yeah, right. New York Times confirms that what we've been reporting all along... Uh, it's true about the cover-up. Um, hmm, I don't know what happened to that, but I know I posted it. But yesterday I saw, let me see if I can scroll down here, maybe find it this way. Um, there's a guy who is an expert or specialist in um, manufactured bioweapons who says that the coronavirus is definitely a manufactured weapon. Um, hmm. But I'm not seeing it here. That's kind of strange. I don't know what happened to it. Coronavirus hmm. censorship, entire media falsely claiming zero hedge doxed scientist by simply naming him as a paper author. <laughs> oh, boy. Hong Kong hospital workers go on strike and demand closure of border with China. Yep. British man with first reported case of coronavirus in UK refused drugs, says he beat infection with hot whiskey and honey. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Hmm. Wow, prominent John Hopkins surgeon named and the top gun control advocate may have faked a death threat in order to make his case that firearms are bad. <laughs> uh. Bombshell transcript, Dr. Francis Boyle, interview on coronavirus as an offensive biological warfare weapon. That's it, I think. <laughs> uh, Dr. Francis Boyle's interview. A uh, recent interview uh, with Dr. Francis Boyle conducted by Geopolitics and Empire has been exploding across the net over the past few days as the truth is emerging from the origins of the coronavirus pandemic. It was a uh, engineer... It was... 
excuse me, it was an engineered biological weapon that escaped a BSL-4 lab in China, and now it's replicating on an exponential scale, threatening the entire human race. Francis Boyle warned that the world about warned the world about bioweapons research starting in the 1980s. After speaking out about the U.S. bioweapons research efforts, which were restarted after the staged events of 9-11, run by the deep state, of course, Francis Boyle was blackballed from the entire media based on orders from the CIA. Now, Boyle is one of the few courageous voices speaking the truth about the bioweapons origins of the coronavirus. In his bombshell interview, full transcript below, Boyle talks about the bioweapons origins of the coronavirus, how the U.S. deep state deployed anthrax on U.S. soil to whip up publicly uh, about, to whip up publicly, uh, anyway, about biological weapons and increase in funding for bioweapons labs. Why the World Health Organization and CDC are both criminal organizations which are complicit in the covert development of biological weapons. The death sentence industry and why the U.S. government has spent over $100 billion developing self-replicating weapons that are deliberately designed to exterminate human life. Details about the Pilbright Institute and its ties to bioweapons, uh, depopulation, vaccines, and the corona- and coronavirus patented. It's partially funded by Bill and Melinda Gates, of course. And why all BSL-3 and BSL-4 labs in the world should be banned and shut down. Let's see how long this um, video. Geopolitics and Empire is by Dr. Francis Boyle, who is international law professor at the University of Illinois. We'll be discussing the Wuhan coronavirus and biological warfare. He's served as counsel to numerous governments, such as Bosnia and Herzegovina and the Palestinian Authority. He's represented numerous national and international bodies in the areas of human rights, war crimes and genocide, nuclear policy and biowarfare. He's written numerous books, one of my favorites being Destroying Libya and World Order, which I assigned as mandatory reading material for my own students when I taught at the Monterey Institute of Technology. But most important for this interview, he's uh, written a book called Biowarfare and Terrorism and drafted the U.S. domestic implementing legislation for the Biological Weapons Convention, known as the Biological Weapons Anti-Terrorism Act of 1989, that was approved unanimously by both houses of the U.S. Congress and signed into law by President Bush. Uh, And thanks for joining us, Dr. Boyle. Well, thank you so much for having me on, and thanks for that kind introduction. Now, let's get to um, what's been uh, on the news recently, this uh, coronavirus uh, in Wuhan. There there have been some uh, reports recently. Uh, There's a a really interesting website called Great Game India that has been reporting on this, um, and they've been talking about China, which they say has been uh, complying with biological weapons convention in recent years, but then there are some people uh, in the U.S. and experts that have been saying that in reality China uh, isn't complying with the weapons convention, and I think neither perhaps the the U.S. Uh, as well. Um, and you know, I'm I'm wondering if China is uh, developing its own uh, biosafety level for uh, lab in in Wuhan and elsewhere as you know as a type of deterrence. Uh, is, is it a, is it a type of a biological uh, arms race that we have going on? You told me in an email that you suspect China was developing the coronavirus as a dual-use bio warfare weapons agent, 
And also, what do you make of reports that Chinese scientists have been stealing research and, and viruses, including the coronavirus, from a Canadian biolab this past uh, December? Uh, and as well, Chinese nationals have been charged with smuggling vials of biological research to China from the U.S. Uh, with the aid of Charles Leiber, who was the chair of Harvard's chemistry department, and who also happened to be in 2011 a strategic scientist at Wuhan University. So can you tell us what, what's going on with this recent outbreak in Wuhan? Right. Well, that's a lot of questions. I guess we can take them one at a time. But uh, it. If you just do a very simple Google search on does China have a BSL-4 laboratory, Wuhan comes up right away. It's at the top of the list. That's all. The moment this type of thing happened, I began to, to do that. Um, and so a BSL-4 uh, is, is the most uh, serious type. And basically, uh, BSL-4 labs, we have many of them here in the United States, are used to develop offensive biological uh, warfare weapons with DNA uh, genetic engineering. So it does seem to me that the uh, Wuhan BSL-4 uh, is the source of the uh, coronavirus, yes. And uh, my guess is that uh, they were researching uh, SARS uh, and they weaponized it further by giving it uh, gain-of-function gain of uh, properties, which means it could be more lethal. And indeed, the uh, latest report now is its 15% uh, fatality rate, which is more than uh, SARS, and 83% infection rate. So uh, typical gain-of-function, uh, it, it travels in the air. So it could reach out maybe six feet or more from someone uh, emitting a sneeze uh, or a cough. Uh, likewise, uh, this is uh, a specially designated uh, WHO research lab. So the WHO is in on it, and they knew full well what was going on there. Yes, it's also been reported that Chinese scientists uh, stole coronavirus uh, materials from the Canadian lab at uh, Winnipeg. Winnipeg uh, is Canada's foremost center for research, developing, testing biological warfare weapons. Uh, it's along the lines of uh, Fort Detrick uh, here in the United States of America. And yeah, I, I have three degrees from Harvard. Would not surprise me if uh, something was being stolen out of Harvard uh, to, to turn over to China. I, I read that report. I don't know what was in those vials one way or the other. But the bottom line is, uh, I my opinion is, uh, and I drafted the U.S. domestic implementing legislation for the Biological Weapons Convention that was approved unanimously by both houses of the United States Congress, signed in law by President Bush Sr., that uh, it appears the uh, uh, coronavirus that we're dealing with here is an offensive biological warfare weapon that leaked out of that uh, Wuhan BSL-4. I'm not saying uh, it, it was done deliberately, but there have been previous reports of uh, problems with that lab and things leaking out of it. And I, I'm afraid that is uh, what we are dealing with today. And so can you give us 
Okay. I mean, we'll be talking about the Wuhan and the, and the coronavirus in China, but can you give us kind of like a like a bigger? Uh... Sorry about that. Um, it's a pretty long interview. We aren't even halfway through it, but uh, you got the the gist. Uh, not looking too good. You know, while he's saying that, you know, he's not uh, saying that it was deliberate. Um, is saying that it probably has leaked out of uh, the Wuhan facility, and there's a lot of weird stuff going on. And none of it uh, good. And uh, got that same caller. I'm not even going to bother answering it this time. I don't know why they keep calling back. They're not going to be on there unless they're just listening. But anyway, um, let's see here. I've been to Winnipeg. Some of the people who ask for spare change in downtown Winnipeg look like they've been test subjects for bioweapons. Woo. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. Could be. Personally, I've never seen test subjects for bioweapons, so cannot say what it looked like. <laughs> yeah, we can only guess. And don't really want to see someone who has been because they may still be contagious. You never know, as is the case with the uh, coronavirus. Anyway, um, a lot of stuff going on, and uh, it's got the potential to be pretty messy. Uh, and again, the whole reason I bring this up is, is because the... Uh, you know, you can bet sooner or later, if this thing continues on, it is going to end up with a situation where they miraculously come up with a vaccine and try and make it mandatory. And we'll talk more about vaccines and the mandatory nature, things like that. And on the other side of the break, we'll be back in three minutes. Frequency Radio is your number one. This is Truth Frequency Radio. The wicked ones obviously under heavy, heavy Masonic Welcome back to our number two of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. And uh, before the break, we were talking about the coronavirus and all the different things going on with it. The fact that it's probably a biological weapon that uh, either was deliberately released or at least snuck out of a BSL-4 lab in Wuhan, China. And... Uh, Oh, goodness, all kinds of things going on with it. But the it has potential for really being a nasty booger. But um, at the same time, we've got other things out there like the flu, which um, has, you know, and that's one of the things I find interesting that uh, 
even though this thing has got a pretty nasty, you know, 85% infection rate, 15% death rate. Um, uh, the A lot of the local and national news in the U.S. are starting to say, yeah, it's a bad thing, but the thing to really be worried about is the flu. You need to make sure you got your flu shot. And they're realizing that, uh, you know, they can scare people with the coronavirus, but they're not going to make any money off of it <laughs> because they don't have a vaccine yet. Whereas uh, they have to shift the uh, concern there have been over 6,600 deaths this year in the U.S. so far since October. Uh, it was one number I've seen. Um, and they use that, of course, to try and scare people into getting flu shots. And I think it's interesting that uh, even though they've been pushing it like crazy, um, less than 50% of the adult population in the U.S. have had a flu shot this year. And I think that's great. I think they need to get those numbers as low as humanly possible. Um, the more people that learn about the, uh, worthless nature of, uh, vaccines in general, the better. And, uh, the smart thing to do is to do your best to maintain a healthy immune system naturally, rather than trying to produce fake immunity and temporary immunity through vaccines at, you know, temporary at best, not to mention the negatives that go along with it. You know, before you get even think about getting any vaccine for yourself or a family member, the first thing you should do is ask for a copy of the vaccine insert. And make sure you have a magnifying glass handy because the print is extremely tiny. And if you're like me, if you're up in years, you're going to need a magnifier. Um, but look for the contraindications and look for the ingredients. And the ingredients should be enough to, and be sure to have a dictionary handy. Because many of those ingredients are going to be terms that you've never heard of and you may need to look up. But you're going to see things like squalene, mercury, thimerosal, um, aluminum. Uh, in many of the uh, childhood vaccines, you'll see things like peanut oil. Hence the massive peanut allergies that we see in this day and age. You know, when I was a kid, everybody and their brother brought peanut butter and jelly to school for lunch. Now you can't do that. Why? Because back when I was a kid, there were so few vaccines and they did not include peanut oil. There's no such thing as a peanut allergy. But now you have people that have been vaccinated to the gills and many of those things have peanut oil. So they're hypersensitized and they become allergic to it. You know, deathly allergic. So now most schools have rules that will not allow you to bring any kind of nuts, any kind of nut butters, anything like that to school because it's a definite health threat to these kids that have the allergies. And why do they have the allergies? Because the idiot physicians that are pushing these things left and right, believing the propaganda put out by the big pharma who produces these toxic things. So it's just, and peanut allergies are just one nasty side effect. You know, let's not even, we don't even have to get into things like autism and stuff like that. Um, and death, <laughs> you know, paralysis, uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome, and all the other things that uh, people have suffered over the years um, because of vaccines. And the thing is, is if vaccines were so safe and effective, why, in 1986, did the U.S. government have to pass a law removing all liability 
from van- vaccine manufacturers. Because prior to that time, they were getting sued so much that they were to the point where they basically approached the government and said, you got to do something about this or we're going to stop producing vaccines because we can't afford the lawsuits. That should tell you something. And now vaccine manufacturers and everyone who um, promotes vaccines and has anything to do with the um, administration of vaccines have total immunity. So when you allow your child or yourself to be vaccinated and there's a negative reaction up to and including death, you can't go after those people who told you, oh, yeah, these are safe and effective. You don't have to worry. Everything's going to be fine. You can't go after them. The only thing you can do is, re, you know, file suit at the in the vaccine adverse reactions court that most people don't even know about. And yet, even though it's almost unknown, there have been four billion dollars worth of payouts made since 1986. Four billion dollars. To maybe one percent of the people affected by negatively by vaccines. That's basically how many people, you know, what the the current numbers think, you know, know, for every um, one person who knows about the vaccine court and files a claim, there's at least 99 others who had no clue. And the vaccine adverse reaction was never reported. But, uh, you know, we could, the numbers could be half a, half a trillion if it hadn't been for that situation, you know, if, if more people knew about this stuff. But, uh, you know, $4 billion paid out since 1986 to people who have been injured by vaccines. But they're safe and effective. There's nothing wrong with vaccines. You can take them. Yeah, right. You know, that's that's what really disgusts me. When these people push these things, I said, you know, you know you have immunity. You know you can say anything you want, and nobody can come after you for it. As long as that vaccine is on the childhood vaccine schedule put out by the CDC, they're covered. Now, if the vaccine is not on that child vaccine schedule, there's no protection, and you can go after those people. Trouble is, is they're putting just about all those things on the vaccine schedule. So the best thing to do is just say no to vaccines. Or... At the very least, you know, when someone says, hey, you got, you need to take this. Is it on the childhood vaccine schedule? Yes. I'm not taking it because I can't sue you if anything goes wrong. If they say no, I say, great. Then just be aware that if something happens to me, I'm coming after you. And you don't have any protection. And that ought to freak them out. <laughs> but anyway, vaccines are bad news. But you can bet that they're going to come out with a coronavirus vaccine eventually. And if the thing is still cooking like it has been, you can bet they will try and make it mandatory. And uh, I don't care whether it's mandatory or not. I will not take it. You know, simple as that. That's a decision everybody's got to make on their own. But I will not take any kind of vaccine. I don't care whether they claim it's mandatory and everybody has to have it or not. (laughs) This person ain't getting it. So, that's probably enough we need to spend on on coronavirus over an hour. But, anybody in the uh, chat room have any questions about anything? Again, phone lines are open, 833-TFR-LIVE, 833-837-5483, 833-837-5483. 
like I said, you know, things to do to mitigate these kind of a deal, uh, whether it's cold, flu, AIDS, Ebola, SARS, uh, coronavirus, whatever, start using uh, or following the good food, bad food list that you can get free on my website. Stop eating the bad foods that are causing problems in your body. Give your body the 90 essential nutrients designed to support and maintain a healthy immune system and eat a high-protein diet this time of year because protein is what your immune system is made out of. So if you do those things, you will have a strong functioning immune system, much better than you would have if you were given vaccines and you continue down the road with the crappy diets and everything that most people do. Um, But uh, that's the best way to you know, give yourself the edge. And then, like I said, have uh, colloidal silver. Uh, the best way to do it is to make, get your own uh, uh, generator. You know, you can find those online. Uh, it's very simple to do. Uh, last week, I can't remember. I actually, on my, um, might have been early this week. I can't remember. It was either late last week or early this week on my other show over on the People's Patriot Network. I had a, uh, or actually went through and basically walked you through the process of making your own colloidal silver generator. Uh, it's a very simple thing to do, and it can be done for, oh, less than $50 uh, for a field expedient. Basically, uh, I have one that's basically four batteries in, a, in the factory packaging, and then a couple of uh, uh, things that will fit in a small Ziploc snack bag. Uh, that I can keep in my briefcase or my uh, backpack, wherever I go. Um, And I have what I need to make colloidal silver um, wherever I happen to be. The only thing I need is a glass and some water. And, um, you know, in a a situation where, you know, field expedient kind of thing where you're pressed for whatever, you can use whatever water you have available to you. It's best to use filtered water, purified water, not distilled water, but purified water like reverse osmosis or something like that because uh, it still has dissolved minerals in it, so it will conduct electricity. If you use distilled water, that it doesn't conduct, and it's very difficult to make uh, colloidal silver without a saline solution or something to put in the water to make it conduct again. Not to mention the fact that you should not make a habit of consuming anything made with distilled water because distilled water is not natural. It's not the form that water likes to be in. Water likes to be mineralized. So if you consume a lot of distilled water, that water is going to leach minerals out of your body. Uh, so it can be happy. And it's going to further deplete your system and put you in a situation of either even greater mineral deficiency. And you don't want that. So basically, um, four 9-volt batteries hooked together in series no matter how you do it it could be as simple as snapping them together using the snap connectors on the batteries themselves so that you end up with one positive one negative on either end and then using that as a have a connection from there to a a little alligator clip or something to hook to a um, 12 gauge uh, pure silver electrode you need two of those about six inches long and uh, a glass of uh, purified water You hang those electrodes over the sides of the glass opposite from each other so they're not touching. Uh, Connect the circuit and give it about 10 minutes at um, uh, room temperature. And uh, hey, welcome back, Alan. Glad to see you made it back. Um, And you can uh, make a good uh, solution of colloidal silver for, you know, literally pennies on the gallon. 
And, uh, you know, in these situations where you're dealing with major infections like, uh, you know, coronavirus or flu or anything else, um, the best way to use colloidal silver is in larger doses. You know, years ago when I was just doing colloidal silver, I would take up to a half gallon a day um, of my home-brewed stuff when I had something or felt something coming on, and it would knock it out in no time. Um, on regular days, I would just do a, an ounce a day prophylactically, and uh, it kept me from getting sick for 13 years that I was teaching when everybody else, students and teachers alike, were sick all the time. I never took a single sick day in 13 years. And I attribute it primarily to the colloidal silver and staying away from sugar for that much, too. But, um, you know, that's something that's a great thing to have. It's inexpensive if you make your own. The problem is if you don't, if you rely on store-bought stuff, you know, the best stuff out there that I've heard of is Argentin 23 that's, you know, readily available. And um, it's not cheap. And the same company makes another product called uh, Sovereign Silver, which is a little less expensive. And you can get it, you know, online, Amazon, and other places. But you're still talking probably 20 to $30 for 16 ounces or more. And, um, you know, they have, they've made all kinds of, they have little pump bottles and spray bottles and things like that. Um, and, uh, there's nothing wrong with yellow colloidal silver. That's actually natural, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, as long as it's uh, it's made with uh, pure silver and uh, and good clean water, there's nothing wrong with home brewed colloidal silver. The only thing is, the only difference is, it tends to not last as long, uh, stay viable uh, as long as the store bought stuff. You know, most store bought stuff has some sort of thing in it to make it stable. So that the um, the little particles maintain their their uh, charge, and that's the whole thing. They have negative charges, so they're drawn to the um, pathogens. And when the you know the little uh, silver uh, particles lose their charge, they they tend to fall out of uh, suspension. And while they will still have some effect, it's nowhere near as good as the the charge stuff. And I, what I do is with the homebrew, about every two weeks, anything I haven't used, I just pour it out and, and make a fresh batch. But uh, the difference in the cost is phenomenal. Now, for the cost of building your own generator, um, you know, you can make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gallons of homebrew stuff that works just fine for the cost of one bottle <laughs> that you get in the stores. And uh, to me, especially uh, if in a grid-down situation, there's no comparison. And I've used my homebrew stuff for everything from pink eye to flu to colds, uh, not just for me, but for other people, uh, for dog bites. Uh, my wife got between a couple of our dogs several years ago, and her hand got just punctured in several different places. It was pure, purely accidental on the part of the dogs, but uh, you know she made the mistake of getting between the two of them when they went berserk. And uh, she got chewed up pretty good. And I immediately uh, got a, a, what is a glass uh, uh, baking dish, basically. I made her stick her hand in it, and I poured in a bunch of fresh colloidal silver and just made her soak her hand. And uh, the next day she went to work. Again, she works at a hospital and showed it to several doctors. And they were absolutely amazed, you know, based on what she told them had happened. They were amazed that she didn't have cellulitis and necrosis of the tissue and all kinds of things 
because that silver had gotten in there and basically in within a week's time you would never known she'd been bit uh, everything was healed up no infections no problems no nothing and normally when you have a severe dog bite like that uh, you got problems and uh, skin conditions and all kinds of issues that come out of it and it's you know it can be months before you're healed and in less than a week she was back to normal so uh, you know it works for all kinds of things you know the homebrew stuff is great like i said you just got to be consistent in how you make it and um, you know anybody that's interested in learning more about colloidal silver just send me an email and i've got a package of information that i'll send you in pdf forms there's like four or five different articles that basically uh, cover different things it works on over 650 known pathogens um, including aids ebola and i'm sure sars and uh, all the other stuff um, so, you know, colloidal silver is something that everybody should have in their, uh, arsenal, especially in the case of a grid down situation. You know, when you can't get this, when the stores are closed and there's nothing there, what are you going to do then? Uh, you've got to be self-sufficient as much as possible. I mean, storable food, a source of good, clean water, uh, medical supplies, uh, guns and ammo, uh, things to defend yourself, uh, clothing, you know roof over your head everything that you can possibly need you don't want to have to rely on government to provide you better have a way of doing it yourself and when it comes to health issues too many people forget about that kind of thing you know i used to do lectures at uh, uh, survival shows and uh, y2k shows and stuff like that and um, i would ask people you know how many people here you know just by a show of hands are on prescription medication and just about every hand would go up and say, okay, how many people here have made any kind of arrangements for a source of that medication if and when, the, you know, and we're all here because we think sooner or later there's going to be a grid down situation, the crash of society kind of thing. How many here has made any um, uh, arrangements to make sure that you have a source of the, that same medication uh, when the crap hits the fan and not a hand went up? And I said, you know, the funny thing is, is most of you are probably taking medication for one of 900 chronic health issues like high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, arthritis, and all that kind of stuff. And everybody was in agreement. I said, did you know that every single one of those things is caused by a nutrient deficiency? And rather than having to rely on medication just through nutrition, you can reverse and get rid of those things once and for all. And then not have to worry and that's just one more thing you can check off your list of stuff i have to have available to me if the crap hits the fan and uh, bingo you know you need uh, to look into those things and it's a whole lot easier to stockpile just a bunch of nutritional supplements and have those available and then if you have to you can always ration them a little bit but you will be in much better shape you know because you know especially somebody who's like a type 2 diabetic, if they're insulin dependent, they've got to have insulin. And they've got to have a good supply of it. And guess what? When it happens to the stores, you're, you're out of luck. You know, if the, if the stores shut down, you know, you ain't, you're going to be in bad shape. And uh, if you're a type 2 diabetic, insulin dependent, within 90 days, you could be a former diabetic simply by giving yourself the, body, the body's nutrition that it needs to maintain healthy blood sugar metabolism let's see i'm sure a health food store in your city sells it yeah it does but again 
you know, you can spend tons and tons of money. You know, Longevity has um, colloidal silver, and it's like twenty nine ninety five for I think a four ounce bottle. And I, I think I've sold one or two in the ten years I've been involved with Longevity, because, um, you know, when you need colloidal silver, most of the time you need to use a whole lot more than you get in a four ounce bottle, and it gets really expensive. For twenty nine ninety five, I can go out there and buy uh, four nine volt batteries, some wire, and a couple of pieces, you know, twelve ounces or twelve inches of twelve gauge pure silver wire, and I can make gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of colloidal silver that works just just fine. I've never had a single thing brought to me that I couldn't deal with. You know, if it was a pathogen related deal, I've never had anything brought to me that homebrew colloidal silver wouldn't deal with. Uh, that's just my experience so far. Uh, I've had, you know, I had ringworm on my forearm for, you know, quite some time. And I went to my doctor for it years ago. She'd give me some kind of cream or salve or something to put on it. And I used that stuff for weeks and it didn't do a thing. And one day just out of the clear blue, I said, Hmm, I wonder if colloidal silver would work. It's supposed to work with fungus. I stuck my finger in the bottle, got it wet, rubbed it on my arm, did the same thing uh, later that day. And the next morning the, the ringworm was gone. Never had it back. Um, you know, people have had, uh, when I was teaching at my church's Christian school, every, about once or twice a year, some kid would show up with pink eye and we'd put a couple drops of uh, colloidal silver in, in both eyes just to be safe. And within 24 hours, no more pink eye, totally gone. Uh, psoriasis it ain't going to work for that because psoriasis is caused by a gluten intolerance. And, uh, you know, it's a skin t- skin condition, and those kind of things, you got to realize skin heals from the inside out. So all the people that have all these little things that you rub on your skin, the hand sanitizers, you know, the sanitizers, the, uh, the moisturizers, and all that kind of junk, all that does is it's a topical thing that's a short-term remedy to make, you know, make your skin soft and supple and all that kind of crap. But as soon as it wears off, you're right back to the same old thing. Skin has to heal from the inside out. When you're dealing with psoriasis, eczema, uh, dermatitis, those are caused by a gluten intolerance, which is your body's inability to digest the protein of wheat, barley, rye, and oats. And when you can't digest that protein, you know, it's supposed to be broken down in the stomach from protein to a much, much smaller amino acids. And then from there, they pass into the small intestine where they're supposed to be absorbed into the body um, as nutrients or they get passed out and ultimately eliminated. So what happens is those uh, when your body can't break down the, the gluten, which is the, the protein of wheat, barley, rye, and oats, um, it's like sending a bowling ball where a grain of sand is supposed to go. And that those larger protein molecules go into the small intestine and they wreak havoc on the villi, which are the little finger-like projections that line the wall of the small intestine. That's where all the um, uh, stuff, that's where all your nutrients are absorbed into the bloodstream. And basically, um, the good news is when you cut out gluten, slowly but surely, the villi will grow back. And uh, depending on how old you are, how long you've been, you know, damaging your your gut, uh, it can take anywhere from six months to a couple of years. Uh, In younger people, it can be as quick as a couple of weeks. You know, case in point, um, most people are familiar with a guy named Creflo Dollar, an evangelist out of uh, the Atlanta area. Now, he had a daughter who was in her early teens who was in the hospital dying from asthma. And asthma is also caused by a gluten intolerance. And basically, uh, 
Dr. Wallach was contacted by Creflo Dollar, and, and he basically said, uh, you know, tell her to quit eating these foods and start taking these supplements. And the funny thing is, is she was in a hospital and she was totally um, non-responsive to all the standard you know, treatments that the hospitals use for asthma. They basically said she's going to die in a couple of weeks. Well, instead, she got on this protocol with Dr. Wallach, and in a couple of weeks, she walked out of the hospital, and her own doctor said she was cured. And basically what's going on is the when you can't, when you have the gluten intolerance that destroys the villi and the small intestine, so you can't absorb nutrients. And that opens you up for any one or more of 900 chronic health issues, including all the breathing issues and the skin issues, which are caused as a result of the inability to absorb essential fatty acids, the omega-3, 6, and 9. And we're at the bottom of the hour, we're going to come back to talk about gluten intolerance and how you can get on the side of it and reverse all those things caused by it. Stick with us, we'll be right back. research the biggest revenue they make all those billions land of me and you the same folks that brought you this toxic sewer are now gonna bring us all a cure somehow i just don't think so now the irs gets billions from people like you and me then medicare pumps it back to the drug lords and welcome back to the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health here on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. I'm Sergeant Jim Ram, your host. And um, <clears throat> before the break, we were talking about um, gluten intolerance and the nasty things it does to your body. Basically, it prohibits your body from being able to absorb nutrients, especially minerals. At that point, about the only thing you can absorb is calories. So people will tend to gain weight and things like that, but um, it really doesn't, you know, it's just bad, flat out bad for you otherwise. And I thought I had a short recording of Dr. Wallach talking about gluten intolerance, but I'm not able to find it. So we'll just have to continue on <laughs> uh, instead. Well, let me see if I can find this other one here. Uh, it's always good to hear it from the horse's mouth. And uh, Dr. Wallach did a recording called Serial Killers, which basically deals with gluten intolerance, uh, the whole thing. And uh, for those of you that are interested, you can go to DRJ Wallach. That's D-R-J-W-A-L-L-A-C-H. DRJ Wallach. And I'll put it in the chat room here. DRJ Wallach. Com. That is his uh, website where he sells, uh, it's called Wellness Publications, and he sells all his CDs, his recordings, his DVDs, and his books. Uh, he has a really good book called Serial Killers that deals specifically with gluten intolerance and where all the different sources of gluten, uh, things you need to avoid. Um, you know, it's not, you know, it's not uh, good just for an individual to have uh be off gluten, 
but anybody in the household needs to be off gluten at the same time and including your pets if you've got dogs and cats and they're on dry dog food or cat food you got to make sure that their food is gluten free because believe it or not that stuff can cross uh, contaminate you uh, same thing with other people in the household if they eat gluten uh, you can end up getting it from them it's it's a crazy situation but um, it's it's very difficult but the better you are at staying away from the the gluten the better you are as far as uh, getting things straightened out and getting back on track so um, you know <laughs> and the other thing is you know your mom's got it too you know because basically gluten intolerance is passed from mother to children through breast milk and core blood so your mom is gluten intolerant and all your siblings are gluten intolerant now the good thing is that if you're a male you can have gluten intolerance but you cannot pass it on to your offspring but if you're a female lucky you um, you can have it and you can pass it on if you have children unfortunately your children are going to be in that boat as well so everybody needs to be gluten-free as much as humanly possible and again it's not just breads and pastas and cookies and cakes and things like that you got to look at the ingredients of virtually everything you eat if there's a label on your uh, whatever you're eating chances are <laughs> you need to look at it and make sure it's gluten-free uh, otherwise there could be a problem so it is tough but the better job you do, the better things you're going to be. You know, I've seen Dr. Wallach in his lectures, and I'd love to get the pictures from him, but so far I haven't been able to. He shows pictures of little kids and full-grown adults who, are, who their bodies are literally covered from head to toe with rosacea or eczema or psoriasis. And within 30 days of getting on a gluten-free diet and getting on the nutrition, they, they are cleared up. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. And the thing is, is when you cannot absorb uh, essential fatty acids, the omega-3, 6, and 9s, that's what is very, very important, number one, to your cell walls. Uh, number two, your blood, your, um, your breathing, your lungs are very, very dependent on uh, essential fatty acids, as is your skin. And that's why you get that dried skin and it's all crispy and crunchy and, and, and everything else. Um, it's just, a that's just the way the body functions. When you don't have those things getting absorbed properly, those are the problems you get from it. Um, same thing. I had a guy, when I first started working with this stuff heavily back in 2015, I had a guy contact me. He's a couple hours from me here in Ohio and he had COPD and was about ready to go on oxygen. And within 90 days time, just following the protocol that I gave him, which basically is what Dr. Wallach recommends. Get off the bad foods, get off the gluten, and give the, you know, the, basically the supplements along with extra essential fatty acids. And in 90 days' time, he was back to normal. And uh, he's been doing great. So, you know, those kind of things, you can reverse these things very easily. Same thing with the, with the skin conditions. Your body will heal, you know, slow but sure. The gluten grows back, or the, uh, the villi grow back. You start absorbing properly, and you're good to go. So um, that's the key thing to keep in mind. And I'm going to play this little clip. It's only two and a half minutes long uh, by Dr. Wallach about the intestines. I think he'll talk somewhat about what's going on here. So stand by. If the stomach and the duodenum or duodenum 
and the pancreas and the liver and the bile have done their job. Now you just have this soup moving down the intestines. And instead of just being a smooth tube, the, the intestinal absorptive surface is magnified like 85 times by these finger-like villi, which stick up, and, and it looks like velvet when you open up an intestine with a knife and you look at with a naked eye at the intestine. But when you look at it under the microscope, this velvet is actually uh, produced by finger-like villi, uh, which have little blood vessels up in them, which then get the blood closer to the surface of the cells in the intestines. So when you absorb this, um, the molecules now of fat and proteins or amino acids and fatty acids and simple sugars, it goes through one cell in the intestine right into these little blood vessels, little capillaries, if you will, then into the bloodstream, which then goes up the hepatic vein in through the liver for the most part. And then the liver pulls out what it wants and then distributes everything else. When we talk about these villi, I've seen slides, and it looks like almost like imagining a visual of carpet fibers, right? And That's on correct. each of these carpet fibers, then there are individual hairs that stick Microvilli. Out that actually, again, you said increase the surface area of the stomach by 85-fold. Yes, that's correct. And also they have a certain amount of muscle in them so that there's this peristaltic waves of the muscle in the intestine squeezing things along, just like you would you know, take one of these uh, uh, large, long balloons and you'd take your fingers and you would just kind of move, um, say, the narrow part of it down. You can, you know, how these magicians do that with the, uh, these long balloons make little animals and things by moving the narrow piece up and down the balloon uh, with their hands. Well, the muscles in the, stom uh, the stomach do that, the muscles in the intestinal walls do that, and the muscles in the little villi do that. Additionally, there's a wave-like motion. In addition to this large muscular motion, there's also this wave-like motion of these villi that move things along. And also it opens up the space between the villi so more stuff, more of this chyme can get down in between them and be exposed to the surface area. Now, is that why when people have inflammation, it, it really decreases the absorption area? They get inflamed and food can't get down between there? And that is correct. The That's one of the things that happens when you have inflammation for any reason, whether you have an infection like salmonella, you know, sal you get a salmonella infection or you get food poisoning and everything comes out the other end because you can't absorb it, the, these little villi swell. As you can imagine, right. they swell and it closes off that space in between them, as you point out. And even the tips of them get all inflamed and, and swollen, and so they can't perform their function, or absorption is reduced to almost zero at that point. Now, what's the role of the good bacteria in our intestine? Okay, I'm going to switch here. I, I did find the gluten intolerance. It's about 15 minutes long, though, so I'm not going to have time to play the whole thing, but I'm going to play a little bit of it just so you can get a little bit of what Dr. Wallach says about it. And He's the guy that literally wrote the book on nutrition, so let's... Uh, switch to this track here. Right now we have more and more problem with uh, a lot of people with digestive issues and that's the title of this recording here, Serial Killers we call it. Serial not like uh, serial with an S like a repeat but serial with the C like the grains mm -hmm. um, and that's because we're seeing an increase in the amount of a lot of these grains and cereals in our diet. I think the World Health Organization actually did a study and they looked at the number of increase in the carbohydrates, and our carbohydrates have more than doubled over the last few decades. And 85% of that is an increase in those breakfast cereals, right? And so when we're getting more and more cereals and more and more grains in the body, especially we talk about wheat, barley, rye, and oats, 
And I know there are some people that talk about uh, hybridization. You know, I know in farming technique, you're an expert in agriculture as well. There was a time when the farmers in agriculture actually looked at hybridizing wheat so we get a more robust wheat that will grow in a lot of different environments, a shorter grain stock to increase yield. But it's not just having a more robust wheat. It's actually the body's ability to break it down and the decrease of the salt in the diet because more and more people are saying, hey, low salt, low salt, low salt because we've heard about it from doctors. What does that do when we have more grains and we've decreased the body's ability to break it down? Well, that's about 16 questions. <laughs> and so basically, you have to appreciate that the hybridization of all things in agriculture is designed to increase yields. Uh, more, as you say, you use the word more robust and able to fend off enemies like bugs and uh, smut, which is like fungus and things of that nature. Growing environments where it couldn't grow before. Maybe, but also... Well, what happens is you give up something when you hybridize okay. a, a plant. Anytime you inbreed it or hybridize it, you're giving up something to get something. In the case of uh, better defenses, defend off, again, uh, yeast and bacteria and fungus and viruses that attack the plants so you don't have to use pesticides. You're able to grow them in a more organic sort of way. You're avoiding more chemicals. by So there's not... It's, it's not intended to be a bad thing to hybridize them because if you build a plant that can fend off bugs and bacteria and viruses without the use of chemicals, that's very good. Right. Unfortunately, there's always unintended consequences. One of the unintended consequences of hybridizing wheat, for instance, is the reduction in protein. Uh, back at the turn of the 20th century, depending on the strain of wheat, uh, the species of wheat, you had uh, anywhere from 13 to 17% protein. Well, today it's about 3% protein. So okay. the amount of protein goes way down uh, by hybridizing uh, grains uh, to fend off parasites and bugs and so forth. And as a result, it's almost all carbohydrates now and very little in the way of protein. And so this is why in the livestock industry we had to come along with soybeans to add to animal feed to raise the protein levels because grains, greater yields in terms of tons and bushels per acre, doesn't have enough protein for them. And so we had to add the soybeans to bring the protein level up to satisfy the need for raising livestock, either for reproduction or fattening in the feedlot for, for steaks and chops and so on. So the increase in carbohydrates, could that be an increase in like cellulose? It is uh, partially an increase in cellulose. And cellulose is what makes a carrot pop when you, you know, when you break right. it and you bend it. Uh, cellulose is what makes a stalk of celery stand up straight. Okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, isn't cellulose pretty hard to break down? Well, it is. And this is where all these little bacteria and yeast and things in the cow's room, and that for, uh, that, that's actually the third stomach, um, uh, does that. They have little enzyme systems that break down that cellulose called cellulase. Okay. Human beings don't have cellulase. And so we don't do a very good job. We don't have that big third stomach with the 40 gallons of all these bacteria and yeast fermenting the stuff with cellulase breaking down that cellulose, right? So what happens when it's not broken down? What does that do to the villi? Well, uh, that alone won't do much to the villi, but it can give you a soft stool. Or I mean, a lot of people use fiber if, as another term for cellulose, uh, fiber. And they use that to have a bowel movement. It, it makes the, the transition time, the movement time from the mouth to coming out in the bowel movement in the toilet shorter. Okay, and this okay. is what helps people that are constipated, is that's uh, cellulose. Uh, that's what fiber is, is cellulose. Okay? Right. And so it can be medicinally useful as long as it's 
a neutral type of cellulose. If it comes from foods that cause um, intolerances, not allergies necessarily, but intolerances that can create more problems and other unintended consequences. Explain to us what you mean by intolerance, because this is, I think, a new term for most people. Most people think of food allergies, Mm -hmm. but we're talking about something that's not a blood allergy, an allergic reaction that happens when undigested particles get in the blood. It's something different. You often call it like a contact allergy. Yeah, sure, exactly. You've hit the nail on the head there, Blake. Um, the, the typical allergies, whether you're inhaling them, you know, like dust and pollens and things, they get into your bloodstream through uh, your lungs. And these large protein pollens and pollens are essentially the sperm of plants is what they are. Pollen is the sperm of plants. Okay. And it travels through the air to fertilize the eggs. The flower is sitting there waiting. That's why bees go from flower to flower, taking the sperm from one flower into the ovary of the other flower. That's, that's how that works. And um, the pollen is a very high-protein thing. And we actually have some great pollen products of pollen burst, right? Right, right. And it has flower pollen, not bee pollen, and as a result, it's less allergenic than bee pollen because bee pollen has bee spit and bee pee that uh, becomes a sensitizing factor in its own right. As these large, relatively large biochemical protein or polypeptide products get in your blood, it sets up an immune reaction and your body recognizes these proteins as being eggs and cabbage and beef and fish and shrimp and so you become allergic to them. You set up allergies to them because your body's trying to protect you from this foreign invader, perceives as a foreign invader. And that's because... Well, it's a protein and you're not supposed to be able to absorb whole proteins. Okay. Okay. We're supposed to absorb only simple amino acids, uh, otherwise they set up these allergies. Well, intolerances are different. As you point out, there are contact things. A lot of people who can't wear certain metals and rings and jewelry and bracelets or watches or eyeglasses or nickel will set up almost like an eczema where that metal touches as a contact allergy. Another one I like to use as an example is poison ivy. If I have a, a theater with a thousand people in there and I test them for a poison ivy allergy, I guarantee you nobody in there will be allergic to poison ivy because they're not eating it every day and so on. On the other hand, I guarantee you they're all intolerant to poison ivy because poison ivy actually produces and releases a toxin to defend itself against foreign invaders. That's, it defends off bugs. You never see bugs eating poison ivy. Right. Okay, you never see animals eating poison ivy because after one time, they won't do it again. Right, right. And that's its defense. That defense, that intolerance to that toxin or that poison or that contact poison that's produced by the poison ivy it makes your skin have almost an eczema, dermatitis, or psoriasis-like reaction. Now, the same thing happens when you consume foods you're intolerant to, not allergic to, but intolerant to, because this food will produce a contact intolerance, contact allergy, if you will. You don't have to absorb it to react to it. Right, so it's a contact allergy, not necessarily just on the skin, but contact with the intestinal lining. Yeah, and I don't like to use the word allergy because it's not a true allergy, and... People, well, we tested you for a wheat allergy and you're not allergic to wheat, but you're still going to be intolerant to that gluten, okay? And so you have to really use the correct words here. Otherwise, people say, oh, my doctor tested me for wheat allergies and I'm negative. We can still be negative to wheat allergies and be intolerant to wheat proteins. Okay. It's two totally different things. Before we go into what's happening there with that, um, just to reiterate, we're seeing more and more wheat and people think eating healthy means eating whole grains. And so we have a lot more wheat in our diet. And at the same time, with uh, the decrease of salt, with it maybe 
We talk about the minerals in the soil, and fewer minerals in the soil tends to be fewer enzymes in the plants when we eat them, and so they're harder to break down. Do we see that happening? Uh, we don't require enzymes in plants to break down. That's a myth. Okay. We don't need enzymes in our food. Okay, because we produce our own enzymes. Yeah, if right. you're getting all your nutrients and everything's perfect, you're producing all the enzymes you need. Everything you eat without enzymes in it, and you'll be fine. Right. Okay. But your body has to, in order to... have to, the raw materials. Right. And in order out. to have the enzyme that breaks down wheat work, you need a pH of about, you said 1.5, 1 to 1.5 pH? In the stomach, that's correct. So super acidic environment. What happens if you don't have that strong of stomach acid? If you haven't been eating Well, salt? then the pepsin won't work. It won't digest... Wheat, barley, rye, and oat proteins, or egg proteins, or uh, fish proteins, or clam proteins, or any kind of proteins down into the simplest of amino acids. So we get undigested wheat, barley, rye, and oat protein that's into the intestine. You got it. Now it becomes a dangerous chemical. Okay. It's like little slivers that go down there and become a kind of an It's not a mechanical thing. thing. Okay. More than just a mechanical. Yeah. And slivers implies to me mechanical stuff like splinters and right. and microscopic splinters. And so it's not slivers. So I wouldn't use the word slivers. It's actually a protein. It's a microscopic droplet of protein. Okay. okay. So it hasn't been digested. It touches these villi. And what happens? It's like poison ivy. Okay, this is like a toxin of poison touching that villi, and it swells up. And because it, it swells up, we've cut down the we've cut down the ability of the food. You, to get you reduce the surface area, right. which messes up our absorption. Plus, when that when that villi swells, it not only swells on the outside to close off that space in between the adjoining villi, but it also squeezes the blood vessel on the inside because the swelling also goes the other direction okay on the inside okay. it shuts off that blood vessel so even if you can partially absorb some of that food it, it doesn't get into the bloodstream because there's no blood in there anymore okay. there's no circulation and this is why um, you have problems in another way when you have what's called celiac disease uh, the villi actually die and they will because die of cut off circulation exactly okay and they die and so now you're losing 10%, 25%, 50%, 75%, 80%, 100% of your absorptive surface. And now your intestines are just a tube. And there's actually scar tissue right behind all those dead villi uh, trying to protect you from the invasion of the bacteria and acids and alkali and all this other stuff. Now okay, that's it. I'm going to have to stop it there because we only have a few minutes left. But uh, again, you can go to the uh, drjwallach.com. You can order a copy of Serial Killers. It's only 3 or $4 for the CD. So it's well worth it. Um, it's a great recording. It's one of Dr. Wallach's older ones, but it's still, you know, still is, is you know, just as, as it was recorded yesterday, it's still accurate information. Um, also, you can uh, go to my website and... Um, Dr. Peter Glidden has a really good video on the good food, bad food uh, list, which is under the uh, uh, good food, bad food uh, section of the Trinity of Health tab at yourdiyhealth.com. And uh, it's about 20 minutes long, and in that he covers gluten as part of the issue. Uh, but wheat, barley, rye, oh. oats, bad news. And uh, especially, you know, there's no reason for anybody really to eat those things, even if you're not gluten intolerant. Um, and if you get gluten-free breads and stuff like that, first off, I've never found any that don't taste like an, uh, an air conditioner filter. Uh, they're really crappy because gluten is what gives bread and the wheat the, the texture that we're all used to. And uh, without the gluten, 
you know, gluten-free stuff is basically dried and crumbly, and it's really kind of nasty. I've never heard you know, had any gluten-free stuff that I really cared for. And the thing is, is even when you take the gluten out, there's other stuff in there that's harmful to the body. Um, it's all processed uh, refined carbohydrates that convert to sugar, which reduces your immune system, and they also cause you to gain weight. Um, you know, if you have a beer gut, but you don't drink beer, but you eat a lot of bread, guess what? <laughs> beer is nothing more than liquid bread, and it does the same thing to you. Uh, I stopped drinking beer years and years ago, but I still had a big gut. You can see the pictures of, of me under the uh, Who Am I tab on my website. Scroll all the way to the bottom. And in 2012, I weighed 240 pounds. I had a gut big enough that kept me from being able to see my feet. And within uh, 45 days of cutting out glutens and the grains and stuff from my diet, I could see my belt buckle again. My stomach just flattened right out. The gut went away, and it hasn't come back um, to this day because I've stayed away from that stuff. When my shirt's tucked in, I can still see my belt buckle. Um, that's very unusual for someone my age. You know, I was just at breakfast yesterday with a bunch of retirees from my police department, and I'm the only, well, there's one other guy there. Uh, who's always been really slim. Um, and uh, the two of us are the only ones that can see our, our shoes, basically. <laughs> the rest of them all have the bellies. Uh, most of it's from eating or drinking beer, but they also eat bread, too. And that's the thing. You need to cut those things out because they're they're harming you. They don't do you any good. There's no real value in greens. So, you know, the best thing to do is avoid them completely. Stick with proteins and fats, and you'll be far better off. Uh, also, uh, in the uh, chat room, Bam mentioned that uh, he takes two tablespoons of organic flaxseed oil every day. Uh, if you are getting flax seeds, organic flax seeds, and expressing the oil right before you take it, that's great. But if you're buying flaxseed oil in a bottle, that's bad. And this is because all oils, all plant oils, are unstable when they're... Uh, expressed from whatever source they come from and they're put in a bottle and they're exposed to air they oxidize and that produces trans fats and free radicals that when you take them into your body produces inflammation and cancer so you know there's no no good way to do oils other than either expressing them immediately before use or in the case of the longevity essential oils Dr. Wallach is such a stickler on that that our oils are all expelled and put into the gel caps that they come in in a nitrogen chamber so that they're never exposed to air. Our oils come to you as fresh and as safe as they were the day they were expelled. Uh, but if you're buying oils in a bottle, like you go to the grocery store and you see all these bottles of canola oil and corn oil and whatever, you want to pass those oils completely. Do not buy those things. Do not use them. They will kill you. Um, same thing with the, the organic, you know, you know, seed oils, anything like that. If they're expelled and they're put into a bottle, they're sitting there uh, oxidizing every second. And every time you use that stuff, you're putting dangerous chemicals into your body in the form of oxidation and uh, trans fats and acrylamides. Bad news for you. Um, so that's the one big thing. Uh, they're, they're just bad news. Um, especially things like canola. It's, it's absolutely toxic. No one should ever use that stuff. But even soy, soybean oil, uh, olive oil, all of those things are dangerous unless they're done properly. And that's the only way safely is to expel them and then uh, use them immediately. So uh, my screen just went dead, so that tells me we're uh, 
totally out of time here. The music's going to be starting up in uh, about 10 oh. seconds. Uh, just wanted to let everybody know we'll be back next week, and I'll be on uh, People's Patriot Network in, two, in an hour from now. Uh, just go to my website, and it tells you how to listen under the radio staff, the radio show staff. Take care. God bless. Take care, everybody. Next week, maybe in an hour. Take care. Take care.